Appreciate that. All right, let's take a Bible this morning. And uh, first of all, children's church be dismissed. Thank you for reminding me. And uh, all right, head on back, young people. And so, uh, amen. Just, uh, appreciate all our kiddos. Daniel chapter 3 uh, is where we're going to be at. Daniel chapter 3. And a uh, very famous story in this passage. And uh, for sake of time and for standing through it all, I'm not going to read the whole passage to you. But it's the passage of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'll catch you up on the story in just a minute. We'll read a portion of it. So if you find your place, stand with me together, Daniel chapter 3. And uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 21. Daniel chapter 3, verse 21. The Bible says that these men, talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, their other garments, and were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was a, a stony, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth to the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, the captains, the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was in hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trust in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own God. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you so much for your word, the truths of it. We ask now that you speak to us, God. Lord, as I pray every Sunday, Lord, that if someone's here today and they don't know you as their Savior, Lord, they would accept you before it's eternally too late. Those of us that are saved, we pray you'd allow the Word of God to change us and help us and make us what we ought to be for you. We love you and we thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Of course, this is one of the uh, famous Bible stories uh, that young people uh, are taught in Sunday school. By the way, that's why it's important to have your kids in Sunday school, amen? So they can hear these stories systematically taught through the Bible, and they can know who God is, they can know the miracles God performed, they can know the people that courageously stand for God, amen? Listen, folks, there's something about growing up and learning these things, and so let me encourage you, get your kids to Sunday school, amen? And uh, But this is one of those Sunday school stories. Of course, at this point in history, the nation of Israel has been taken captive into the nation of Babylon. God is judging them because of their sin. And for 70 years, they were captive in this, uh, in this land. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is the king. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, at this point in history, 
uh, was the leader of the known world. There was no kingdom greater than Babylon, and he was the great leader of this kingdom. Well, at some point, Nebuchadnezzar gets full of himself. And uh, by the way, he uh, all throughout most of his life, he was pretty full of himself until God decided to humble him. Amen? By the way, that's why it's dangerous to get full of yourself because God knows how to humble us. And so uh, God did that to Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar was full of himself. And he decided that he was going to make this image of gold. And the law of the Lamb was going to be that everybody, when all the music started playing, had to fall down and worship this image of himself. This was the law of the land. And uh, so uh, that's what happened. Well, of course, uh, these three young men, along with Daniel, of course, uh, were, were, God's, were God's people, were God's young men. They stood for God. And uh, they had risen to a place of leadership in Babylon, no doubt because of their work ethic, no doubt because of their character, who they were, and they rose to a place of leadership. Well, when this law came down and uh, what was going to have to happen you know what? These three young men just said, we're not going to do it. Amen? We're not going to fall and bow and worship this image. There's some things that God has, has said we are to worship, which happens to be God Himself, and nothing else besides Him. We're not to worship graven images. We're not to fall down before these things. We're not going to do it. Well, you know what? Just as uh, you people are going to find out, when you start making stands for God in a world that hates God, you better believe there's going to be some reactions. You better right. believe there's going to be some consequences. Right. You know what the consequence was for not bowing down and worshiping this idol? It was you're going to be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. And these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, we're not going to do it. Even if we get thrown into a furnace, it doesn't matter. We will not bow down before this idol. And, of course, we read the story of what happened. God delivered them from that flame. And so this morning, uh, I want to preach a message. I preached out of this passage before. I was looking back through my archives of things that I've preached, and I try to keep track of that. And uh, I've preached a message out of this passage before, but that, this is not that message. This is a different message. And I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled this, Fighting Fire with Fire. Fighting Fire with Fire. Now, I know you've heard that term before. And that term... If you uh, uh, kind of look back to the practice of that term, uh, that, that's actually a practice that dates back to the 1800s. It derives from when firefighters would literally do that. They would use fire to fight a fire. This method was popular in the United States during the early days of the pioneers. At the time, the firefighters were volunteers and didn't have a lot of modern firefighting tools or methods. Okay, they didn't have the big red trucks, okay? They didn't have the fire hydrants or the hoses and that kind of stuff. So what they would do is they would set what was known as a fire break in the path of a largest, larger forest fire to burn off the material needed by the fire that would spread and then destroy the property. And uh, they still somewhat use this method today. And if you've ever uh, maybe uh, kept up with firefighting, especially out in the Northwest, uh, sometimes you'll have, they have what they call a controlled burn, and they'll use fire to fight fire. And I believe that is what this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, I believe that's why it's so needed in our day. You see, these men teach us a valuable lesson that it's possible to be on fire for God, and when most of us surrounding us are headed for the fires of hell, it's possible for God's people to be on fire for God, and not only that, to fight fire with fire. To fight fire with fire. 
Let me give you a reality check here this morning, Christian. All right? You ready for a reality check? Amen? All right? And no, the reality check is not this. Best life now. Okay? Like some, you know, infamous, uh, uh, you know, televangelists like to tell you. Okay? No, here's the reality check. All right? If you're going to accomplish anything useful and have an internal impact for Jesus Christ, let me tell you something, folks. The devil, the world, and the flesh will try and consume you and leave you a smoldering mess. Listen, they want to burn you, destroy you, leave you ineffective for the cause of Jesus Christ. However, in the face of the flame, we don't need to back down. We don't need to slow down. We don't need to turn around. We need to match the intensity and even grow brighter and burn more through the power of God and the inferno of the Holy Spirit. And we need to fight fire with fire. And that's what this message is going to be about this morning. Amen? So let me give you a few things about this. Number one... We need to fight fire with fire by burning with the desire to be different. By burning with the desire to be different. If you back it up in the early part of Daniel chapter 3, here's some verses in it said, okay? Then a herald cried aloud, verse 4, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall at uh, the same hour be cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So here, here's the command. Everybody, by the way, this was an all-inclusive law. Amen. Did you hear what it said? O people, nations, languages. Everybody that was there, it said, this is for you. And this is what you are supposed to do when you hear all this music start jamming. Amen? By the way, you start researching that out, you know what you find out? The world's music. Amen? It was a big old rock concert, what was going on. By the way, isn't that interesting? That the universal message to fall down and worship a false uh, idol was the wrong kind of music. Amen? Now, I'm not even going there this morning, but man, I want to really bad. Amen? Let me just tell you, let me just kind of focus out there. There's the right kind of music Christians ought to be listening to, and there's the wrong music Christians shouldn't be listening right, to. Right. Amen? And uh, if you ever got any more question about that, we'll talk more about it sometime. Amen? <laughs> but listen, that was the universal sign for everybody to start falling down and worshiping a false idol, all the music. And you know what these young men uh, had to decide? You know what? We're not going to be like everybody else. We're going to stand up. Hey, when everybody else drinks the Kool-Aid and buys the lie, we're not going to do it. By the way, just like what's going on in our world today. Amen? Now, you knew I was going there. Amen? I mean, come on. This is the first time I'm preaching in the month of June at this church. You know I was going there. Amen? By the way, just to kind of set you all at ease, I say from time to time, not necessarily for y'all's sake, but for anybody that may be watching this online, all right? I am not a politically correct preacher. This is not a politically correct church, amen? Let me tell you what I'm interested in being, a Bible-correct preacher, a Bible-correct church, amen? That's what this is about, okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, the world, all they want, by the way, they're, 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 they're doing a good job at it, Amen? They're pushing a message, right? Especially this month, what they want to call Pride Month. By the way, I think it's fitting that they chose that word, that sin, to describe what they want to label themselves as. Amen? It's a perfect word to describe it, by the way. Amen? Let me tell you, it ain't nothing to be proud of. It's something to be, ought to be ashamed of. 
And they want to take that sin, and they want to make everybody in the culture try to bow down to them, bow down to their false idol. But there ought to be some of God's people says, wait a minute, you know what? We're not going to be like the crowd. We're not going to bow down to your false idol. We are going to burn with being different. Amen? With being different. By the way, we're not, we're not being different to necessarily make ourselves stand out uh, for our own sake, for our own purpose. We're not trying to elevate ourselves. But you know what, folks? Let me tell you something. There ought to be a difference between the Christians and the world. Amen? There ought to be a difference. Listen, folks. You shouldn't have to wear a sign around your neck for people to know that you're a born-again child of God. You shouldn't have to wear that sign around your neck just by the, the, your associations, the way you carry yourself, the things you do, the things you don't do, the things you say, the things you don't say. The Holy Spirit of God ought to be flowing out of you. People ought to know something's different about you. Amen? Let me tell you, these young men were different. They were different in their separation. They were willing to uh, not be like everybody else around him. And you know what? Truth be told, folks, too many people just want to go with the flow. Amen. Hey, let's just go along to get along. Amen. But you know what we need in our day? We, will, we need Christians that's willing to be different than those around him. You say, well, well, I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want people to think I'm weird. Amen. By the way, that's why people do what they do. That's why they get into all the different fads of the day. Because they want to be like everybody else. Amen? That's why everybody does the same thing. That's why everybody reacts the same way. Oh, we don't want to be different. We all want to be the same. We don't want people to think that there's something crazy about us. Well, folks, let me tell you something. Come on, reality check, Christian. God has called us out from this world, and He expects us as His people to be different. Amen? Be different in our separation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Hey, you know what God wants? And by the way, God expects. If you read the Bible, you find out God commands. Amen? He commands for His people, His children, to look different, talk different, dress different, think different, walk different, act different than this lost world around us. Amen? Amen? He wants to be separated from this world. By the way, folks, listen, we're not doing this so we can walk around thinking we're better than anybody else. Right. Listen, I'm not better than anybody. Amen? But you know what? I do have a God who loved me and saved me, and because He loved me and saved me, I want to represent Him in a certain way. Amen? Amen. And I want my life to be something someone can look to and say, hey, something's different about that person. Amen? Not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to my God. Amen? Just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know why we let our light shine? Not so we can say, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, so people can say, hey, what a God they serve. Amen? And we can glorify Him. Bring glory and honor in Him. Amen? Here's what the Bible describes it as in Titus chapter 2, verse 4. He's this phrase, a peculiar people. Amen? A peculiar people. So you know what they burn in their different uh, in their difference in order to be separated. Not only were they different in their separation, they were different in their stand. Different in their stand. Hey, everybody in Babylon, everybody was bowing down before this idol. Everybody. But these three men were standing straight as arrows. Wait, come on, think about it. Why not just bow and repent? Oh, that's what everybody's done. Everybody else does that. Hey, not these men, amen. They made up their minds that they weren't going to bow, and they didn't care what everybody else thought. They didn't care what the culture thought. They didn't care what the government thought. They didn't care what the king thought, amen. Hey, they were willing to be different in their stand. 
If there's anything this world needs, it needs right now, in this day and age, 2023, for Christians to be different in their stand. Amen? Listen, things that are wrong still need to be declared that they're wrong. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what the White House says. I don't care what local government says. I care what God says. And God says it was wrong in His Word. And if it was wrong then, it's still wrong today. And you know what? Christians need to stand for things, stand up for things, and say, hey, this is wrong. We need to stand against things that are wrong. We need to stand for things that are right. By the way, that's what God's called us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. I love this verse. Therefore, my beloved brother. By the way, that ain't just talking about the preacher. Ain't just talking about the Sunday school teachers. Ain't just talking about the song leaders. Ain't just talking about people in leadership in the church. It's talking to every single person that's a born-again Christian. You're saved here this morning. This is for you. Amen? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let me tell you what we ought to be as Christians. We ought to be steadfast and we ought to be unmovable. Amen? And the church needs to realize that there's some precious things that we're standing for and some wicked things that we're standing against. And we need to fight fire with fire by burning with the desire to be different. Not only that, but here's what we see about these young men. They fought fire with fire by burning with the desire to be determined. They weren't just different, they were determined. Again, let's go back and look at some verses here. And we see there in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8, notice what it says, Wherefore at the time, notice here, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou art king, hast made a decree that every man, when they hear the sound of all the music there, Verse 11, And whoso falleth not down in worship, that he should be cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 12, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. You know what you find out, folks, right here? You find out here that uh, all of a sudden there were certain Chaldeans, the Bible says, and uh, uh, they were coming here and they were accusing these men. And you know what they decided? You know what? It doesn't matter. We're going to burn with the desire uh, to be determined. We're going to be determined. These people come and they tried to accuse them. By the way, they were determined in spite of, uh, uh, of being, uh, uh, they, were, they were insulated about, uh, insinuated about that they were doing certain things that they weren't doing. They were determined in the spite of insinuation. Insum- I don't have a hard time with that word this morning. Amen. Insinuation, right? That it, it, it was, it was uh, that they were this and they were that. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were accused of being enemies of the king. By the way, they were not. Listen, they were loyal to the king. They, they, they worked for the king. He was their boss, in essence. And you know what? Yes, it was true that they weren't going to bow down and worship that image, but they didn't stand there with these smug looks on their faces. I don't believe they stood there trying to, you know, necessarily point an accusing fa- finger in the face of the king. You never see that. Even in their response, you see that they were humble in their response. And listen, folks, even though people insinuated certain things about them, they were determined in spite of that. By the way, folks, let me just tell you right now, you stand for right, people's going to uh, insinuate all kinds of things about you. Can you want some good entertainment? All right, I wouldn't do it for a whole uh, uh, um, a lot of time, all right? But if you want some good entertainment, 
just go to that page yesterday and start reading some of the comments. Okay, and you'll get entertained real quick. Okay, even what you find out, people start insinuating things about you. Okay, by the way, it's kind of funny to me that you know the first thing people want to insinuate about you is that you hate them. I mean, that, okay, there's there's about a handful of you know stupid little cliche sayings that this crowd always wants to say. Okay, and that's the first one. Oh, you're haters, you're haters, you're haters. Well, folks, I'll be honest with you. Okay, in fact. If you watch the interview, you'll see what it said. The guy interviewed us, point blank asked, point blank asked us, do you hate these people? You know what my answer was? Absolutely not. You know what? God has commanded me for to love people, but here's what I said. Let me tell you what true love does. True love speaks truth. If you really love somebody, folks, you're going to tell them the truth. Amen? Let me tell you something. You've got to be determined in spite of people insinuating things about you. By the way, you know, again, sometimes the biggest critics are people that don't even know you. Now, people start saying things and hurtful things and mean things, and, and not necessarily to me. I mean, that, none of that stuff hurt me or I, I took any offense by it, okay? In fact, honestly, I wore it as a badge of honor. Let me tell you this, folks. Come on now, okay? As a Christian, if you're standing for right and you're doing right, then you know what you're going to do? You're going to ruffle feathers. If you're not ruffling feathers, you're probably not being much like Jesus Christ. Okay. In fact, the Bible tells Matthew chapter five. Jesus said, "Count it, be glad when people speak spiteful things against you, because listen, your reward's great in the kingdom of heaven." Amen. Listen, folks. Literally, I wear it as a badge of honor. I'm not trying to tick people off, but you know what? I am going to stand for right, and you've got to be determined, even if people. It's which. Uh, there you go. Amen. Uh, why am I having a problem with you? Thank you. Insinuate. There you go. Things about you. Uh, in your life. And these men stood, they were determined in spite of that. Not only that, they were determined in spite, how about this, of interrogation. Okay, because listen, folks, when this got back to the king, he was not happy about it. Okay, it says that Nebuchadnezzar uh, began to question them and talk to them. It's almost like he gave him a chance to save face and to do an about, uh, an about turn and not uh, do what they were thinking about doing. I mean, come on, all they had to do was bow. They didn't even have to necessarily believe it, but they just had to bow. And so Nebuchadnezzar here started interrogating them and started asking them and started putting them on the spot about who, uh, why they were going to do what they were going to do. By the way, folks, listen to me. Uh, it's important that we understand that when people ask us and people interrogate us, we don't back down from that. Amen? We're not afraid to know what we believe and why we believe it. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 3 tells us this, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Ready now? Listen to this. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope which is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that wherein they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may not be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. And listen, folks, even though uh, there was insulation against them, oh, wow, forget the words, all right? All right, that, that word against them. Even though there was interrogation against them, they were still determined to stand, amen? And the king turned it up on them. He started asking. He started trying to get them to slip up with their words. But man, they stood strong through that. And then we see they were determined in spite of intimidation. Man, the king realized real quick, I ain't going nowhere with this with these guys. I got to up the ante on them. So you know what he did? He says, hey, heat the furnace up seven times hotter. Oh, yeah, you, you won't, you won't uh, uh, bow now. When you start seeing the furnace heating up, you'll start bowing. And I love their answer. I love it. Look what, if you, if, if you will, verse 17 of Daniel chapter 3. 
uh, verse uh, 17 and 18. Here's what it says. If it be so, this is their answer to the king when he started uh, and tried to intimidate them. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But look at the next three words here uh, uh, in verse 18. But if not. I love that phrase. Amen? They said, look, king, okay? Yeah, we hear, we hear what you're saying to us, okay? And the God we serve has the power to deliver us from the fiery furnace and from your hand. But if God decides not to deliver us, look what else it says, okay? I love it. Be it known unto thee, O king. King, so get it. Understand, king. God can deliver us. He might deliver us. But if he chooses not to deliver us, we want you to know something. All right? We will not serve thy gods, nor worship thine golden image, which thou hast set up. I love that determination. Amen? You know what they said? Again, God can. We don't know if he will. But one thing we do know, we ain't bowing down your stinking image, king. That's what they were saying. You talk about ticking off Nebuchadnezzar, man. He was mad. He was angry. Man, you know what, folks? Uh, he did just what he said he was going to do. He heated that furnace up, and he chucked him in. He threw him in there. Amen? Listen, what an example these young men set for us, that, that these men loved God so much that they could not be intimidated into doing something they knew God didn't want them to do. Now listen, folks, we've got to get to this point in our life where we stop being intimidated by the world and its tactics. Let me tell you what the world is. They're a bunch of bullets. Okay? They're loud. Okay? But truth be told, there's not a whole lot of bite behind their bark. They're just loud. And because they got the media on their side, okay, and they got all that stuff on their side, they got a pretty loud bark. And you know what's sad to me? How many Christians start backing down just because someone starts getting loud about, you know, uh, something against the Christian? Listen, let me, say, let me say this. When they start getting loud, we need to get louder. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're just trying to cause trouble. No, I'm just letting them know. I ain't bowing down your stinking image is what I'm letting them know. You're not going to intimidate me by what you say. Amen? I've got something I'm standing on. It's true. It's right. It's the Word of God. Say what you want to say. For whatever stupid comment you want to put on, it ain't changing what I'm doing. Where is that tenacity in the church of Jesus Christ? Listen, they got a fire burning them. Our fire needs to be burning brighter than their fire. Amen? we got to fight fire with fire. So we fight fire with fire by a burning desire to be different. We fight fire with fire with a burning desire to be determined. And then last of all, let me give you this and we'll close it out. We fight fire with fire with a burning desire to be delivered. With a burning desire to be delivered. Now, first of all, here's what we see, okay? They were first delivered to the flames. Okay? Oh, yeah, they got chucked in. Okay, look what it says back in 19. Okay, verse 19. Them and Nebuchadnezzar, why? Because they said, we ain't bowing down. Full of fury. Notice this. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, he was so mad, literally the form of his visage changed. Okay? I'm going to tell you, folks, <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've seen people get so mad against standing up against things that are wrong. I'm talking about things like, you know, uh, not killing your babies. I'm talking about things like, you know, not glorifying perversion and trying to groom children. 
I'm talking about things that ought to just be common sense, no humanity shouldn't be involved in. I've seen people get so mad and irate, literally their face changes. I saw a video one time of, of, a, of an abortion doctor. I, he had to have been demon-possessed. And there was people outside protesting the killing of babies. And this abortion doctor came out of this clinic. I've never seen anybody's face do what his face did. It literally contorted. And he said, he's like, I love killing babies. And, and he wasn't joking. He wasn't playing around. It was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And I believe it was that demon manifesting itself inside of that man. Let me tell you something. That's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. And you know what he did? He delivered him to the flames. In verse 20, and he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats, their hose, and their hats, their ornaments, and were cast into the burning, fiery furnace. Hey, I'll make something perfectly clear to us this morning. Okay, we need to understand this. Just because you're a Christian, just because you live for Jesus Christ, there's no guarantees you're going to be protected from trouble. In fact, just the opposite. Okay? You look at some of God's choice of servants. You look at Paul. You look at John the Baptist. You look at our, our ultimate example, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look what their stand cost them. Everything. Everything. By the way, I kind of remember a verse when Jesus said, if uh, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Right? And if our ultimate goal is to be like Jesus Christ, then guess what? They're going to hate us because we are followers of Him. Listen, folks, I'm not in this thing to uh, go along to get along. I don't purposely pick fights with people. I really don't. Let me tell you why what's going on over here. Because they started it. Oh, yeah. Okay? They started it. All right? I, I, I point blank told the mayor, if this was happening behind closed doors, I wouldn't even be here today. But because this is happening in the open with an agenda, which they say is not an agenda, but it's a flat-out lie, in a park, where kids are going to be at, what do you think that's about? You think I'm so stupid to believe all it is is entertainment? Are you kidding me? No stink. I ain't drinking your stinking Kool-Aid. I ain't bowing down your stinking idol. Amen? No, there's an agenda behind it. Amen? And let me tell you something, folks. If we're going to be like our Savior and stand against these things, they're going to hate us. And you know what they're going to try to do? Deliver us to the flames. Now, right now, it's mainly just words. You know, maybe some childish other actions. But it, ain't, oh, it may not always be that way. I ain't looking to be a martyr, I'll tell you that. I don't want to go to jail. Okay? I'm going to tell you, there's certain things that are worth being a martyr and going to jail over. And our children and the future of our children are one of those things we got to fight for and stand behind. Okay, you say, well, if some of this stuff makes you nervous, well, you're in the wrong church then. Because, yeah, we take stands around here for things that are right. In fact, Peter says this, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. He says, look, why are you thinking this is, this is something abnormal when, you are, when you're faced with fiery trials? Here's what he says, Rejoice! Inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And listen, don't get mad when you face a little bit of opposition and persecution. Get glad. That means this. I'm just like my Savior. Amen? And there may not be a lot of ways. Uh, there's a lot of ways I do fall short of being like Jesus. But if I'm going to stand for right and get persecuted, I can relate to Him in that way. Amen? So if you're living for Jesus, you're going to make enemies as you pass through this world. You know what you might have? You might be delivered to the flames. 
But here's the good thing, folks. They just didn't get delivered to the flames. They got delivered in the flames. In the flames. Amen? And uh, you may ask, be asking yourself a question, why didn't God spare them from the fire? I'll tell you why. He got more glory in sparing them through the fire than sparing them from the fire. Amen? By the way, something pretty miraculous happened when they were in the fire. Something that, truth be told, nobody up to that point had ever experienced. They got to have a, a, uh, a hangout time with Jesus himself. Amen? And uh, I love what Nebuchadnezzar said there. He said, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? The answer said to them, true, king. I mean, these dudes weren't going to say anything about the king. <laughs> yeah, king, you're right. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the fourth of them is like the Son of God. By the way, had Nebuchadnezzar ever seen Jesus Christ? No. But you know what? He knew immediately what he was seeing. It wasn't normal. It wasn't average. Hey, something miraculous was going on in the fire. And God delivered them, to, or they were delivered to the flames, and God delivered them in the flames. And friend, listen, God may ask you to pass through some fires of this life, but I'm not just talking about what we're dealing with here in a local thing. I'm going to tell you, life sometimes has its fiery trials. A lot of times it's health issues. Maybe it's family issues. It's, I mean, you, you name it, it's there, okay? But folks, I'm going to tell you right now, you can rest on this promise that if you are doing things the way God wants for you to, when you find yourself in the fire, Jesus Christ is going to be there with you. Amen? I love what he says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That was a promise he gave to us uh, as his children. By the way, he ain't going to break the promise now. Amen? He delivered, they were delivered to the flame. They were delivered in the flame. Come on now, eventually they got delivered from the flame. Verse 26, And Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. And by the way, they walked right out of that burning fiery furnace. Amen. He called them out, and you know what? They came right out of that fire. And folks, here's the point. Amen. God may let you pass through the fire, and if He does, He's not going to let you do it alone, but I promise you He's going to go with it through you. And in the end, you will come out of the fire. Now, folks, listen, it may not turn out how you think it might. By the way, God didn't choose to deliver all of His servants that faced this type of persecution. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, and you'll read about a whole lot of His servants that He chose not to pull them out immediately out of the fire. But i got good news for you, folks. Listen to me. Even if God chooses to let the fire take your physical life, you're getting delivered either way. Right. Let me tell you something, folks. Just like I said a few minutes ago, we in this thing, we win. Remember what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21? For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And we say it all the time. Oh, so we lost somebody. We lost somebody. Hey, if they're a Christian, we didn't lose anybody. Heaven gained somebody. Amen. Amen. I understand why we say that. I'm going to tell you, we've got to rewire our thinking when it comes to this thing called the Christian life. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Death isn't necessarily the worst thing out there if you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, guarantee it is. But if you're saved, I mean, I like what Dr. John R. Rice used to say. One time he got held up by somebody by a knife point. He says, hey, you can't threaten me with heaven. Amen? <laughs> Listen, folks, are you kidding me? I mean, to be able to pass on into heaven... I mean, that's the ultimate of all the ultimates, in my opinion. Amen? So to die is gain. You're getting delivered either way. Then what I love about this, and we'll close with this, God then delivered them after the flame. Okay? If you look at all this, 
and you may ask yourself, why did God allow them to go through all this? Well, let me tell you what, got ha what happened here when all this was said and done. Look, listen to what Nebuchadnezzar made a public decree about. No longer was it, everybody fall down and worship my image. Oh no. What did he say, verse 29 and 30? Therefore I make a decree. By the way, a decree by the king wasn't just a suggestion. Okay, if Nebuchadnezzar said this is the law, it got followed. Here's what he said. That every people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Now, I don't believe he turned to God here, but he had enough fear of God to say, you ain't talking anything bad about this God right here. He's got power. And because God, these men allowed God to work in their life that way, what a testimony they were to this heathen nation of Babylon and to all the people around them. And by the way, you know what it ended up in? It ended up in promotion. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And God delivered them after the flame. So church, the message this morning is how to fight fire with fire. Amen? You know how we're going to do it? We're going to have, we're going to burn with the desire to be different. We're going to burn with the desire to be determined. We're going to burn with the desire to be delivered. By the way, I'm not sinking to their lows. I'm going to tell you that right now. Amen? We're not going to fight the same way they fight. In fact, part of tonight's message is the battle plan. Okay? This morning was the motivational speech. Okay? To get you ready for a battle. Okay? Tonight is the individual battle plan on how we're going to do battle. And by the way, you ought to be here for that. Amen? If you're interested in making an eternal impact, and this will be very practical, I'm going to tell you the practical action steps on how, as this church, against what's going on, we're going to wage spiritual warfare. Okay? And if you're interested in being involved in that, be here tonight. And if you're not, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I'm not mad at you. But I'm just saying, if you want to be part of the battle plan, be here tonight to hear it, and we'll talk about what we're going to do. Amen? I'm going to tell you right now, as God's people, we got to stand just like these young men stand, we can't be afraid to fight fire with fire. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the message this morning. Thank you for the truth of the Word of God. Lord, I pray you'd help us to take these truths. God, I pray it would allow them to help us to be what we ought to be. Lord, help us to shine bright in this dark world we're living in. Lord, make an eternal impact for you. We love you. We thank you. Bless our invitation time in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together this morning.